Thank you, Lord. There it is. Oh, there it ain't. Hallelujah. There you go. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. God is good. God is good. Amen. God is good all the time. And all the time. God is good. I said God is good. And all the time. Amen. Amen. There it is again. Hallelujah. Thank you. A couple more times. to hear and receive from the Word of God as we have been. Yes, one, two, three, five, seven, eight, nine. Common core, that's how you count common core. One, two, three, four, five. All right. Uh, we're transitioning a little bit this evening, and uh, if, if my understanding is right and the things we discussed earlier, we're, we're going to carry through with. Um, we've already come into a, a, there's a rest here, there's a peace here. There has been from the beginning of this, and, and uh, most of us, I think including everyone in this church, including myself, uh, are not used to, to ten nights of services. I don't think there are very many churches across America that are used to ten nights of services. Uh, and we've done well, and we heard Miss Charity, and as she was talking about, you know, coming in from work and spinning in on two wheels, whatever that's supposed to mean, and I, I think it means she's tired. And needs a little rest, a lot of things before us. And that's, that's, I think, what we're all experiencing. And, you know, uh, we're seeing that. But God has given us rest. And um, the church obviously has to have a wedding tomorrow. So the, the place is not going to be open for uh, revival tomorrow night. So uh, there's going to be a one-day break. Uh, it's not going to be a break in revival, just one day of rest. And then Sunday morning is going to begin anew right here at uh, 1045, right Sunday morning. And... 
and 6 p.m. Uh, Sunday evening, and then it's just going to continue on. We're going to do just like we've been doing in the presence of the Lord, allowing him to, uh, to direct our hearts, uh, to go when he says go, to stay when he says stay, and if he says stop, then we stop, but we don't know when that is. I have a tremendous feeling that it's going to go for an extended period of time. Um, there will always be a time of testing in whatever God does. Uh, you need to understand that no matter how long things go well and how high things get, uh, there will be a time when the enemy raises up and says, I want you to know that I'm still here. And that's when you test what the revival has done for you. Uh, are you able to see that, deal with it, and say, I'm not letting you mess with me. You're not going to mess it up. God is taking care of things. But there also comes a place in all of that where we have to be responsible for what God has given us. Uh, and it's wonderful to make the change spiritually while we're praising and worshiping and preaching. But there are some things that we have to do in the physical and in the flesh, some, some new things that have to, a new order that has to appear uh, as, we're, as we're moving because God's changed more than just our hearts. Yes. He's going to change the way that Monroe County does business and the way that uh, you conduct yourselves. And so that's going to be work that you're going to have to do. Uh, and realize pastor's kind of distant a little bit, but I was looking around tonight and everybody that he told me was involved in leadership of the church is here tonight. Everybody that he told me is involved in leadership of the church is here tonight. And I'm not saying anything negative about those that aren't here tonight, but we need to not look past the things that God's putting before our face. Look around you and see who's been instructed to be something or to do something, and they're here tonight. Now it's time to stand up with Pastor and everyone else and get with this white-headed lad and separated for just a little while longer from us in Louisiana and find out exactly how God wants to take us forward. We've got the spiritual thing going. Let's get the physical thing up with the spiritual now. Let's find out what's going on because God has plans to take you past what you see here. You need to understand that if we don't do something about this physically, you'll never get past these seats that are right here. You'll never get past this building and this parking lot. This is not God's final plan for you. This is not. Okay? Um, we've made the spiritual transition. Now we've got to work diligently on the physical transition to make that happen. Amen? Uh, if you want to come out of the tents and tabernacles and, and live in the building that is going to be built for God, and I'm, I'm talking spiritually and physically, then you have to get out of the tent. Amen? Got to be a desire to do that. So the Lord has shown us some things. Um, I know that a week ago Wednesday night, there were a lot of doubts and misgivings in every heart that was in this place. It's just, you know, and that's, that's why you, you know, I know you've had revivals before and I've been here, but there's a difference in needing a revival and wanting a revival. You understand what I'm saying? And sometimes we've learned to come because we thought we needed revival, but what's happened when you need a revival, you do three nights and everybody's done. Bishop, I'm done with this. Pastor, I'm done. I think it's been four nights and I'm wore out and the kids are misbehaving. We're done. We needed a revival. We had one. We're done. When you come to a place that this church has come to, to your hearts have said, I don't care if it wears the skin off my knees and I don't, what little bit of mind I've got left goes out the window and I'm so tired that I can't see straight. I'm going to be here every night. Yeah. I'm going to do what it does. And as long as God wants to go, we're going to go. That you've passed from needing a revival to wanting a revival. Yeah, and when you want Jesus, and I've told you before, and we'll say it again, when you want him, he's able to give you what you need. When you need him, he can't give you what you want. He can't. 
But when you want Him, He can give you what you need. And what you need is what you really, really want, even if you don't know it. Amen. So that's where we are right now. And, and God's going to continue to do that. And, and I want you to know that I've labored over this because um, there's only one reason that I'm leaving tomorrow morning to go home. I don't want to. But I do have a church full of people uh, in Jackson, Ohio, that need to know they still have a pastor. I've been home in about three weeks, and uh, there's a few things that I need to do. You know, they're, they're if you're not careful, you run into staff problems. There is a time in every church's placement that the staff can't help. Do you hear me? No matter how anointed you are, no matter how what kind of position you are, no matter how honorable or integrous or accountable you are in your position, there are things that only Bill Dyer can do in this church. There are things that only Bill Dyer can do in Zach Hitz and Kent. There's things that only Bill Dyer can do. And, and believe it or not, even though you're his wife and co-pastoring with him, you can't do it. So there are things that Bishop Marquis has to do. After about three or four weeks, I need to go home, and my staff is kind of wore out. Bishop, there's some things you've got to take care of. So I'm going to give myself two days to go home and clear up what they can't do in a lifetime. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then I plan to head back to Tennessee because this thing is going to go on. Amen. Okay, now my hope is that I can be like a barnyard chicken and lay an egg when I go home that will hatch revival in Jackson County, Ohio while I'm there. And, we can plant some seeds. What I'd really like to see happen is y'all have to come up north for a while and sacrifice to help us have the kind of revival that's going on right here, right now. You understand what I'm saying? So don't, don't think that you're going to get to rest. You might just have to travel a little bit. But I already told some of them that's harping and saying, you know, hello, hello, Bishop, are you still, you know, here? I said, listen, when I come back, you may have to come with me. Because these folks down here are not taking care of me like I'll be took care of. So I need somebody to come down here show them what the bishop expects. That's just, I'm just funning with you. That's not true. But anyway, so you're going to go through just a little bit of a transition. That's what we're doing. And there was a time that there was a little Shunammite woman. Uh, and it came to pass that her son uh, had died. And I started in this story the other night, but God's brought it to full tonight. I've been laboring in the part of the afternoon after I left you. God, where do you want me to go? What do you want to do, God? Because you're I, I don't want to mess this thing up. I want to make sure that I stay right in the middle of what Jesus wants. And so tonight, I command everything that you can see on your chest and on your breast to leave your body. I said I would speak to it every day. Somebody needs to tomorrow speak to you. I want, you to, I want someone to stand in my place tomorrow and speak to you, okay? And Sunday, until I get back, we're going to continue to do that because we're not stopping until we walked out of this. So I commend every bump, every lump, every node, every nodule, everything that is there, whatever it is to come out, come off, every sickness, every disease, the healing is manifesting. We do not walk by sight but by faith. Amen. So we're standing in that. There was a little woman, a Shunammite woman, and her son had died and... Um, when she finally made it to the man of God, I'll skip ahead to that part that I didn't get to. He had a little uh, assistant whose name was Gehazi. And uh, as the little Shunammite woman began to reveal her heart to the man of God, he turned to, uh, to his staff and said, Staff, take my staff and go lay it on the face of the child. 
under the command from the prophet and the staff member, being Gehazi, took the staff of the man of God and went and laid it on the face of the child just like he was told to do. Uh, but no life came back into the child. And he came with a report to the prophet and the prophet said, did you do as I told you to do? Being the good staff that you are, did you do as I instructed you to do? Did you go as a staff member and lay my staff on the face of the child and on the body of the child? Yes, prophet of God, I did what you told me to do, but no life came to the child. It was not until the prophet who wears the mantle of the house walked into the place where the dead child was and laid himself down on the child face to face, eyeball to eyeball, nose to nose, and begin to command life, that finally the child sneezed seven times, awoke, was risen to life, and presented by the prophet to his mother alive again. I want you to understand that there is a time, no matter how anointed you are, no matter how integrous you are, no matter how accountable you are, powerful you are, there's going to be a time that God requires the owner of the mantle to do their job. And if you expect life to come, then it has to happen. Now I want to remind you that the revival started on Wednesday night, but on Friday, Pastor Bill flew home. And the reason that God has allowed life to come here is because the owner of the mantle came in and said, this is what I want done. But now we're transitioning, and he's got to find a way until God delivers him to look at the leadership that he set in charge and say, you're a wonderful bunch of staff members. <laughs> I'm not taking away from you anything that you have. But this is why that it is important for God to bring the provision that is needed for the man of God to come home. Because eventually you will come to the place that the staff can no longer carry the load, do the job, or bring life to the dead child. So all things have worked together that we might come to this place. I'm speaking revelation to you tonight, whether you know it or not. And I'm just, you know, I, I told God, I said, I'm, I'm tired of dancing. I'm going to shoot straight. And if it goes right through the heart, that's what's going to have to go. Because you know what? God has done something here that I've not seen happen in years and years and years. And I don't want it messed up. He told us years ago that he was going to do something in Teleco. He didn't just say he was going to do it in Teleco. He said he was going to do it through Monroe County. That's what he said he was going to do right here. And we're not going to let the devil stop that. And we're not going to stop it. But there's a lot of things that have to take place. And we've got to get up in the Word of God and make sure that we all do, including the men of God, what it takes for life to go forward. You know me. I'd say that with Bill Dyer sitting in this room with us tonight. Because there's nothing negative being said. It is where we are. But by the very same token, I hear a call from Ohio that says, Bishop, we need you to come home. Come home for just a little while and, you know, get things in order. Give us that breath of life that we need. That's what I'm going to do for just a day or two. Because God has given me an ability and an anointing and a mantle to wear in this revival. And I am not the cause of it. I am not the keeper of it, but right now that is the mantle and the anointing that God is using. And if that's what God wants, then I have to be given just a little liberty here and a little liberty there to come back and, and be where we need to be. And God will go right on with this. And one night won't stop it. You can come back in here Sunday morning and whoever is 
anointed by God to speak in that service and Sunday night and whatever until we're back together under this, God will continue that moving. He's not going to let this go. This thing is bigger than us. It's, it, it is God's will. So I'm just telling you tonight as we get started, there's a little transition taking place, but that's all right. Don't let it stop you. Don't lose hope. Don't look around and think, my God, I never thought this one would get that tired and all that. God's giving you a little rest. What you better do tomorrow is rest. What you better do tomorrow morning is rest. What you better do tomorrow night's rest because Sunday morning at 1045, it's going to kick back off. It seemed like that God's saying, you know, God, you're kind of being unfair. This is 11 services and 10 nights. You're giving us one night off. God said, I'm bigger than you. I can strengthen you in one night. I can give you the strength to go. That's all it needs. You don't need no more than that to get ready. But God's also heard your cry saying, God, I am so tired. I told you, I said, do you think they'd miss me tonight if I didn't go? No one would miss me if I didn't go tonight. She said, no, not till they got ready to turn service over, and then they'd probably miss you. That's what we all do. Surely wouldn't no one miss me tonight. You know, there'll be enough there to, no, 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 no. The things that God does required, requires everyone to be in their place. <coughs> Amen, and that's where we are. So, what I'm trying to tell you is that we're, we're seeing some things, and, and men, you know, God is, is doing some awesome stuff in the, in the seats, doing some awesome stuff in the pulpit. He's doing awesome stuff all over the place. We have to understand there's more to it than just revival in the mind of God. Okay, there's more to this than just revival in the mind of God. He intends to set in order those things that's going to bring forth what he's planned all along. And I'm terribly sorry that he chose you to be a part of it if it's no longer your joy to do it. But I've got news for you. He won't change his mind about you. So I would tell all that have a mad spot, scratch your mad spot until it gets glad. You know, it, it ain't God's fault that you got mad. You know, I, I heard a preacher say the other day, he said, to be offended, to be hurt, more importantly, to be hurt is standard and ordinary and expected in the kingdom. To be hurt is to be expected in the kingdom. To be offended is a choice. Huh? I said, ow, Bishop, ow, I don't like what you're saying. Get back up on your high horse and preach those other things. If everybody feel good, spin around, fall down. <laughs> well, tonight, we might get to the ring around the rosy section of the service where we all fall down. <laughs> but first, there's going to be a little bit of instruction. There is a place in Jesus' ministry where even he could not do mighty works. You know? He, he went in and he couldn't do anything at all. Except he just healed a couple sick folk, the Bible says. And it was because of their unbelief. Be careful when the devil starts showing you things because he'll do everything that he can to rob you of the belief that you just got. And then unbelief will enter in. Well, I... I know it's been good, but my, I, I don't know. My, you know, my, my belief is starting to shake here because of what I see. You know what Jesus did? He went back and started teaching a little more, got in the Word of God and started teaching and preaching. Every time Jesus got in a place, 
where it was hard for miracles to happen, he'd start teaching the Word of God. And when he would start instructing the Word of God, it would open a, a, a venue for miracles to happen. Amen. So I want you to know in this time of rest, in this time of, of, of moving back into revival, get instruction from God. Don't rest without Jesus. Rest with Him. Amen. You may not be coming to the church house, but you need to still spend time with Him. Because this revival's not stopping. Amen. It's not going to stop until he accomplishes what he wants to accomplish through it. And I got an idea there's none of us know yet what he's really up to. I wish I did, but I, I don't know yet what he's really up to. And so I'm telling you that already you've received enough word tonight that if you would absorb it, it would take you a month to try to figure out what I've spoken tonight that God has given revelation on. And there are truths that you need to hear. Now, here's the thing. Once God tells you something, he expects you to take responsibility for it. Know what I'm saying? You got to take responsibility for it. So, I'm saying, God, I don't know exactly what you're saying. But I take responsibility for whatever it is you're saying tonight. God, I own up to it. You show me how, and I'll do it. That's what he's looking for us to do. Okay. Now, I don't have, you know, I, 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 the rest is not going to happen until we're done. You don't get the day off till the night's over. All right? So I don't want you to give up on me while we're talking right now. We're going to do a little bit of the Word of God. And then, you know, I, I just feel like, like I have the last few nights. God won't do something for somebody. He wants to save somebody. He wants to heal somebody. He wants to, you know, touch somebody. He wants to say something in your life. And what I begin to see the Lord do again here with a lot of people is He begins to open up your heart and tell things you really wish He wouldn't deal with. You know what I mean? But you need to remember that when signs and wonders and gifts and miracles operate in the church, it's because, and it's so, that the secrets of men's hearts be revealed. If you're looking to hide, the church not a place to do it. No. If it's a Holy Ghost filled church, don't try to hide there because God will find you every time. I don't care if you're in the middle of 30 or you're in the middle of 3,000. You trying to hide from God, trying to keep something covered up from God, He's going to come to you. Amen. And He's going to talk to you about what you don't want to talk about. Now, if you'll let Him talk to you about what you don't want to talk about, He won't let no one else hear about it. But if you won't let Him talk to you about what He wants to talk to you about, He might just let everyone else get a little whiff of what's going on. Smell what the rocks got cooking. See what's going on. You understand what I'm saying? That's what God will do. Because His only concern is getting you where you need to be to get in His blessing. God's not here to hurt you. He's not here to embarrass you. He's not here to intimidate you. He's here to, to bless you. He's here to help you. And so, uh, not only do I have three or four places that I wanted to go myself in the Word of God. God, I think, you know, I thank you, Lord, you talked to me about this and I thank you, God, I believe that's the direction. But then you get in and God starts saying, no, we're not going to talk about none of that. So I don't care what you studied. I don't care what you prayed about. I don't care what you sat down and wrote your notes out on. We're not going to talk about none of that. And I'm thinking, well, that was like, you know, a big waste of time. I don't know why in the world we wasted all that kind of time. If you had me sit down and outline all this stuff out, then you ain't going to let me talk about it. And he said, I just did that for you. You weren't where you belonged. I had to get you where you belong for the people. And the reason. Is because the man of God's trying to preach to you what God meant for him. Yeah, yeah. 
The man of God is trying to preach to you what God meant for him. You see, what God needs is not men that can sit down and take half hour and uh, come up with a homiletically correct outline sermon. He needs a man of God or a woman of God that can get on their face and get from God what they need so they can stand before the people and be a utensil and a tool and an instrument in the master's hand to give the people what they need. Sometimes I spit up for the congregation. I do. And they just kind of look at me like, you're vomiting, Bishop. It's, that ain't good. It's not good right there. Don't give us what God gave you. Give us what God wants to give us. My God, there's revelation right here. There's revelation right here. You know, it goes back to the loaves and the fishes. Jesus didn't need the fish and he didn't need the loaves. People did. And uh, he didn't give it to them personally. I need you to know that sometimes in your life, when you want God, I hear people say all the time, Jesus talks to me. I talk to the Lord. Me and the Lord's got it worked out. If God wants me to know something, he'll tell me on my own because me and the Lord talk and we talk and we talk. I want you to know a lot of times the Lord wants to feed you. He will not feed you personally. But he will take your portion of fish and your portion of bread and he'll give it to Bill or he'll give it to Zach or he'll give it to Kim or he'll give it to Will or he'll give it to Daniel or he'll give it to Harold. He'll give it to someone else to give it to you. But I don't want it from them because I'm mad at them right now. I just want the Lord to talk to me. When God wants me to something, he'll tell me. No, no. What he'll do is set you down and give your portion to someone else to feed you. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm glad people are so nice to me, you know, for whatever you have not done personally for me, you have made up in your commentary. Thank you. It's been wonderful. Of course it's wonderful. It's powerful. God never gives anything that's not wonderful or powerful. You'd have to know me better to understand where I'm really at tonight mentally and spiritually. You would. Some of you are getting to know me too well. But it's important to understand that when you want something from the Lord, and this applies especially to preachers, the portion that he gave you, Peter, is not yours to eat. See, Peter and James and John and all of the other disciples that he used, when he handed them the loaves and the fishes, it was not for them to eat. It was for the people that were seated on the grass. We have a lot of people, a lot of shepherds that are eating what God meant for the congregation to have. Why don't someone say that's powerful? Thank you. We have to be very, very careful because it's not just about having something available to eat. It's not just available about having a portion to feed somebody. It's where does God want it to go? Who am I supposed to feed with it? Or is this mine to eat? Or, or am I going to give this to somebody that I know good and well may be offended at me? By comments that I may or may not have made in past services about their spiritual condition or religion or anything else, such as any Amish that may be among us. <laughs> I want you to know that I never really set out to offend anybody. I don't. I, I just... 
You know what? Sometimes the things that God says are so heavy that if he doesn't interject something in it that is a little light, you won't get it. You, you, you won't let it get through you because iron sharpens iron. And, and when I begin to hit the anvil, the anvil will resist me. That's why that you've got to take it off the anvil and put it back in the fire so it'll get pliable. Iron still sharpens iron, still beats it out where it's supposed to be, but every now and then God's got to tender it. He's got to melt it a little bit. He's got to lighten it a little bit so that it can do its job. Um, I'm going to give you a piece of word. I feel like that I've been giving you pieces of word, and the reason that I've been giving you pieces of word is because God just keeps dropping these little pieces, but God's after somebody tonight. He wants to help somebody tonight. He, uh, he wants to deliver somebody tonight. He wants to give us miracle signs and wonders tonight, but, but the only way that we can have that is to travel his path. We have to be where he wants us to be. You understand what I mean? It, 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 you, you, it's, it, this is not a grab bag. This is not a freebie bin where you just walk in and stick your hand in the barrel and, you know, take out the grab bag and get whatever's there. No, no, no. God has a, a design and purpose for you tonight. He has a plan. He brought something specific and particular to you tonight, that, and it will only fit in your hand, and it will only accomplish your need. And if anyone else picks it up, it'll be totally useless to them because, because God didn't mean it for them. God comes with specific things in our lives, and sometimes that's why he gets uncomfortable because we begin to realize that God could only be talking to me. Okay? Uh, so I want to talk to you tonight for just a few minutes, and I'm very aware of the time and, and all of that, and, and I want to thank God for those of you that have been here every night, and I want you to pray for us as we travel. I want you to pray for our journey there and our journey back. I want you to pray that God would unleash this revival in our home and uh, that we could see these kind of things going on. It's not that we're doing bad. We're doing very good. Services are very high. But, but, but this is what we're having here is not just high service. This is, this is real revival. And, and I know you kind of see it tonight. And I, I know you're kind of waiting to see what's going to happen tonight. But that's because the rest has begun. It started with peace. It's coming to a rest. And God's going to kick it back into high gear. He's not going to stop. So utilize that time that you have. So I want to take just a couple of minutes tonight. And I want to try to share with you uh, a word that God had put upon my heart uh, for this, and then I would like to pray for those that want prayer tonight. I, I want to lay hands on those that want hands laid on them tonight. I, I even want to lay hands on those that don't want hands laid on them tonight. It's not always about what you want. I paid the price to be here. You're getting prayer whether you want it or not. <laughs> Been ten nights for me too. While you're resting tomorrow, I'm driving. Six and a half hours home. And I will dive right into all the work. And then Sunday I will get up and work. And then Monday I'll be looking to drive again. So just remember, while you're resting, if I come back and appear a little grouchy, just bear with me. God bless him. Help him, Lord. Touch him, Jesus. If anybody cared, they'd have done said it. I had to say it myself. It's all right, though. If you have your Bibles open with me, Matthew chapter 28 tonight, I'm going to take, uh, let, me, let, me just, let me just see how long I'm going to take, and I, I don't know, I can't tell what God will do, but if I have my way in less than about 20 minutes, I will take care of this, or 
Uh, I can't promise how long the rest will be. In my 20 minutes, there is, there's no time change between here and home, but there is between here and where other people are, so I have no idea what that really means. Uh, I'm going to take all the time that God wants to take, but I'm going to do my best to have you taken care of very shortly. Matthew ch chapter 28, verse 9. Are you there? Yes. You sure you're there? Yes. What's the first word? And. and. That's good. You're there. All right. Matthew 28, 9 and 10. That was significant. The word and means you're there. All right. Most of it knows as a conjunction, but tonight it, it means you're there. Matthew 28, chapter, uh, chapter 28, verses 9 and 10. The Bible says, And they went to tell his disciples. And they went to tell his disciples. Now, let me set the story just a, a minute here before that I read any more of that verse. You need to understand that we started someplace last Wednesday night. There was a starting point. And uh, that starting point had a group of people that needed to be moved spiritually. And we have been moved spiritually. I, I do not know how to, to measure how far we've come since things started last Wednesday night. Okay. Uh, but the reason that God moves you spiritually is because things must happen in the spirit before they can be manifest in the flesh. Amen. And I want to remind you that the only thing that has happened is that you have spiritually moved. It will become incomplete. It will become futile if you do not move physically. Your fiscal man has got to find its new place in God. The church has to find its new function in God or you will revert back to the place you started. It'll be seven times worse than it was when you first started. So we're in a dangerous time. We're in a precarious time. We're in a very blessed time. God is moving, he's moving us, but he's also measuring where we are. The thing that I need you to know is that God has a place in mind for us to get. He has a place in mind for you to be. When you started last Wednesday night, there was a place that you were. That place was called here. You have a place where you are. Here is where you are. But God has a place called there. And God wants to get you from here to there. And the first thing that God has to do is He comes in and He casts the vision in you. What has happened in the last 10 meetings, 11 services in 10 days is God has cast His vision for us spiritually. Now, we must take action to make that vision come to pass. We have to leave here and go there. God always has a their place for you. You cannot stay here or you will die. It's like the lepers when they got found out and they said, you know, uh, they've been found and said, if we stay here, we're going to die. If we go into the middle of the camp, we might die. But if we stay here, we're going to die. Any time that you get comfortable enough to stay where you are, no matter how good it is, it's a place of death. One minute past when God wants you there. The ark that Noah built was the only way out of the flood. It was the only way out of the flood. No one could live through the flood except they were on that ark. But after 40 days and 40 nights and after the months until the land dried out and the ark came to rest in the mounts of Ararat, there came a time where God said, you've got to get off this ark. Yeah. It's now filled with the feces of the animals. It's now filled with disease and dirt and filth in here. 
And after all the time in there, there ain't enough rakes or manpower left on the earth to clean this ark out. It's so diseased in there right now that there's not enough time for your little family to clean that out before that it kills you. You all heard about the father and son that were killed in the, in the, in the, in the I think it was a pig farm here about two weeks ago, and they had got in to clean the manure out, and, and, and underneath it, I don't, I don't understand all about pig farming. We just only kept them in the backyard, shot them in the head, slaughtered them out, and you put them in the freezer. But anyways, it was anyways, the father and the son who had this great big huge pig farm, and they got in there, and by the time they got to working in this manure pit, they were both overcome, and they died, and they found them laying underneath this place, father and son dead. The methane gas and all of the stuff and the disease that come off of that just spent a little bit of time at their farm. It was, it was all over. Well, Y'all don't read, read Facebook? We'll talk about another preacher. I'll preach about that in a little bit. But anyhow, <laughs> God said, this place that I created for you that's the only way of your salvation has now become a death trap. And everything that you counted on to get you from here to there has now become a death trap. You, can, you had to get in the ark or you're going to die. And now you must leave the ark or you're going to die. When God wants to get you from here to there, don't get comfortable in what He uses to get you there because the very thing that was meant to save you can become your death when you become comfortable in what you thought was the only thing God could use to save you. God wants to move you from here to there. And we've been, we've been listen, we, we're about to get comfortable in this. I've kind of been thinking about this day off, and I wondered if these 11 services, we've got so comfortable that God said, I've got to change some things up here just a little bit. Because I've heard people say, this thing's been saving for me, man. It's just, it is good. But you do know that we have to find a way to transition and move because what we've been in is no longer good enough. It's not high enough. It's not powerful enough. It's not got enough in it. It's done doing what it can do. So God has got to change our elevation. He wants to move us from here to there. Back to you, Matthew chapter 28. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid, but go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. When the disciples came uh, together and Jesus had raised from the dead, everybody wanted to see him, but Jesus said, You can't see me where you are. I know you thought you could, and someone else saw me there, but you can't see me there. There is a place, though, and if you will go and tell them that I'm risen. I had already told them that there's a place I'm going to expect them to be. And if they will go to that place, there they will see me. I want you to know that God has got a place for you to go. And it's higher than you've been tonight. But it is a place called there. You've got to leave here to get there. Don't no one pack up, leave the church. Run up to the river or down to the river. Up the dale or down the dale. God ain't calling you to leave the house. He's calling you to leave the spiritual place that you are in so that the whole house can go where God wants it to go. Amen. There is a place called there. 
I know that they wanted to see him. Everybody wanted to see him. Man, yeah, you seen the Lord? You really did see him? I'm not really sure that he's risen, but you saw him. You say he's alive. I want to see him too. He said, that's good. You can see him if you go there. Jesus said, go tell my disciples. They can see me too. Go tell the rest of them that have not seen me yet. They can see me too, but they're going to have to go there. You've got to leave here and go there or you're not going to see him. Now, I know that you all are sports-minded folk. I saw, uh, I saw some people today with uh, maroon shirts on with white letters on that said bears. Yep. The, the, the Teleco bears, yep. whatever you call. I don't know what you call your team down here. But, but I got to thinking school started. Now, I don't know how it is down here, but, but up home on the first Friday night that you start school's first football game. Is that right? Is that tonight? That's probably where all the young people are. Yeah, well, go get them, God. You just remember last time someone ticked off a prophet, she bears came out and got hold of them. Well, you're down in a big place where their bears at. I'm just telling you. So anyhow, anyhow, I don't know, that's just a side point. But I know y'all are sports men. Anybody here know what a quarterback's job is? Do you really? It doesn't prove we're the national champs up in Ohio. All right, anyway, I'm sorry. That was a silent. But anyways, I just wanted to let you know. I just want you to know the Ohio State Buckeyes. Bless God. All right, it's Friday night. It's football. I'm sorry. Spirit hit me. A quarterback. See how offended you If you're offended, that's too bad. God's going to get hold of you. You get over that right now. Go Vols. Okay, well, anyhow. A quarterback. When he wants to get big yardage or score a, a touchdown, his desire is not to hand off to the star running back. His desire is to throw a pass. Oh, God, help me out. I'm in enough trouble. Jesus, don't make me say that. If he wants to hit his receiver... And he wants to score big yardage and get a touchdown. He tells the receiver, you run the route that I told you to run. And when you get down to where you're supposed to be, I'll hit you. You've got to go from here to there. I can't give it to you here. But if you want it, I feel the Holy Ghost. I didn't know God was a high state fan. I feel him. I, I, maybe it was on maybe it was a volunteer fan. I don't know. But anyhow, I want you to know that I feel him right here talking about because you need to understand that in order for God to get you from here to there, you've got to run the route that he told you to run. And when you get to the place and the route where you're supposed to be, you just look back at where the quarterback was and boom, right there. Yeah. He hits you with what you need because God's got to get you from here to there. And we have forgotten. Let me tell you something. You had to get off the line of scrimmage. You had five yards before some big gorilla tried to knock you down. you got to get to where you're supposed to go in a crowd. You know, and the most vulnerable guy on the whole team is that little skinny, tiny receiver, even if he's a big, tall guy because some 400-pound brute breathing down his neck and he's in a compromised position to catch the pass, being where God was getting him there. And then when he gets the ball, when he gets the ball, if somebody else wants that ball, you need to understand that this thing about going from here to there, it's perilous. And we're shouting, speaking in tongues, rolling in the floor, having a good time. But don't you ever forget how perilous this thing is. 
The devil's been watching you for 10 days and 11 services run your route. He's been watching you, ready to receive as God's moving you from here to there. You need to understand that when that ball hits your hands, baby, you're it. And everything's coming your way. But God must get us from here to there. There is a place called there for you. Brother Tim Akins, there is a place called there for you. I know that God's brought you up in this revival. You and I have grown together in this revival. We've seen things in this revival. You brought me pickles in this revival. There's awesome things happening in this revival. But God has a there place for you. And if you stay in this here place too long, no matter how good it may feel, it'll kill you. There's no place to sit still. You've got to go there. In Exodus chapter 33 and verse 21, that's all the way back over in the old Bible. Exodus 33 and 21, and the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me. And thou shalt stand upon a rock. You need to understand that God has a their place. Like he had a their place for Moses. He says, Moses, you're standing here. Moses said, I want to see your glory, God. I'm not going to be satisfied until I see your glory. I'm sitting here, eat up with this, eat up with that. I don't know what to do about it. And God said, oh, I know you want to see my glory. But if you want to see my glory, you're going to have to leave from where you are. But there is, there, there is a place by me. And if you'll stand upon that rock, thank God that we have a rock and his name is Jesus Christ. And we can stand upon that rock. But I want you to know that some of us are in his house, but we're not on the rock. We're standing up tonight and we're worshiping God, but we're not on the rock. You have to get up on the rock of Christ and stand there because that place by God, that place that is there, is the rock of Christ Jesus. And when you stand there, God can give you revelation to show you how to get you to the next there place. You can't stop here. It's been good. But we can't stop here. It's been great. But we can't stop here. There is a place that God wants to get us to. And we're going to have to leave here to get there. But Bishop, but Bishop, we're so happy. We're excited. And yeah, I know the devil's tried things. Even today, the devil's tried things. But, but, but Bishop, we're happy. And I just don't want this thing to end. Don't, don't, don't be misled. God won't let it end. But it also can't stay here. What do I do? Come in and start a mosh pit. It's the only thing we haven't done. I mean, crash into one another, and we've tried that a couple nights. It's not about higher praise. It's not about deeper worship. It's not about a more profound word. It's about His presence. It's about relationship. It's about intimacy with Him. It's about coming to a higher place. It's about, it's about saying, God, I, I love you, Jesus. I'm receiving from you. But God, there's got to be more. He loves it when you want more. There is a place by me, he said. There is a place by me. You need to understand that just as the disciples were seeing him, he was telling the disciples, there is a place and you'll see me there. But when they got there, it wasn't the place that they wanted to see but him. Moses wasn't as interested in the glory of God as when he got to the place where God said, there, there is a place by me. What happened when he got there? The Bible said that God put him in the cleft of the rock and he covered him with his hand. Whew. Hold on just a minute. I'm going to get excited right here now. And he covered him up in the cleft of the rock and when 
he passed by him, he removed his hand, and he declared his name, and Moses saw the backside of God. When he got to that there place where there's a place by me, it wasn't about the place. It was about the revelation of Jesus Christ when he got there. The reason that God won't let us stay is because the Lord's keeping on while he's walking. He's, he's walking through Teleco. He's walking through Monroe County Christian Center. He's walking through this revival. But he's walking. He's moving. And we must move with him. So there is a place that we must get to. God has a place you hear's not good enough. You don't want to hear that. I'm tired. I'm wore out. I need my rest. What are you trying to tell us? We'll be at this four more weeks or something like that. I mean, what are you trying to say? I'm saying it doesn't matter how long it lasts. As long as you understand that if you stay here, no matter how good it's been, it's, you, you're going to die here. Because this thing that has saved us and brought us to 11 services in 10 nights is no longer good enough. And what I feel God telling me is there's a reason why I'm giving you a respite right here and you need to get ready. And when this thing kicks back off, it's going to be more than it's been in the past and God's going to do more than he's done in the past. And, and I realize that football may be taking some things away tonight and people may be a little bit tired tonight, but you keep at this and keep letting people know we're here. There's a place for you to go. See, they're in their here place and they don't know that there is a place here for them. But if you keep going with God and you let Kevin, keep letting God lead us the way he's leading us, he'll bring them to their their place and that their place is here. And then they can begin to walk from here to there with us. Yeah. Yeah. Psalms chapter 133 and verse 3. Psalms, the 133rd division and the third verse. The Bible says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together. Have you felt the unity that you haven't felt in a long time? Have you felt forgiveness that you haven't felt in a long time? Have you Amen. felt peace that you haven't felt in a long time? Amen. Have you felt it as God made some corrections in the heart? Well, you need Amen. to know that he's about to make some corrections in the fiscal, and that'll be more painful than uh, the heart. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion for there. Everybody say there. there. For there. The Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. For there God commanded a blessing. God will stop commanding the blessing where you are here. Where you are here was a place called there several days ago, but now you're here. And God wants to bless you in a place called there. And he will not cut loose the blessing and command life forevermore until you move from here to there. But God, I'm happy here. God, I'm happy here. I'm afraid to move from here. I'm so used to being so unhappy that... You've brought me to a place where I feel some happiness ain't felt. And God, I'm afraid to leave this happy place. But, but see, you were in happy places before. But you know what? And this is all that happens. You can put on whatever name you want to put on. You can call to whatever calls 
People get happy where they are. They become complacent where they are. They become satisfied where they are. And they're, they're, they're right in the ark that they believe saved them. But it's full of dung and it's full of mess and it's, it's, it's full of corruption. And they're afraid to get out of it. What if another rain comes? What if another flood comes? Well, God said, I got that covered. Look up in the sky. He said, I put my bow up there. He said, I put my bow up there. I never really made the connection on this. Before God gave me the covenant of the rainbow, or you the covenant of the rainbow, he had to get those people out of the ark to repopulate the earth, but they were afraid to leave it. They had never seen a rain before. You want to talk about God uncorking something, when God uncorks your first rain and it floods the whole earth and kills everybody that there is, and the only way you get out of that flood is that ark. And then God comes and says, get out of the ark. But God, we're on the highest mountain, on the highest peak, on the face of the earth. And the water just now got down to where we could all get out. And there's only just a handful of us to replenish the whole earth. What if another flood comes? He said, I got that covered. He said, I, you see up there in the sky? He said, I put my bow up there. And I'm the God that told you to get in the ark. That was, your, that was your their place when you were over in the corruption and you had to leave the corruption of the sinful thoughts and sinful ways of man every day and get in the ark to go there. But now i got to get you out of the ark and the only thing you can see is the flood waters and the only thing you can see is the rain. So I, as God, am giving you my promise right up there in the sky that I will never, ever, 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 ever flood the whole earth by water again. And the only thing you have to go on, Brother Tim, it's God's promise that's housed in a rainbow in the sky that you can leave that place that is now called here to move to that place that is called there. Oh, there's so much more. There is so much more. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. How I many of you all want blessed? Oh, good God, there are four true people and about 15... Thousand liars right here in this place. How many of y'all want blessed? Amen. Then you're going to have to leave here and go to the place where God's going to command the blessing. Oh, but we are blessed, Bishop. You just don't even know what God's done for us. I, I just wish I could. Miss Kim has told me four or five times, Bishop, I just wish I could tell you what God's done for me. He ain't done, he ain't done enough. He's not done enough yet. Yeah, he's brought her to a place called there. She's living in a their place that she wasn't in a week ago, but God's not finished. She's got another place to go. There is a place called there for her where she looks down at the front of her and there is nothing there to discourage her. There is a place that God has for her where she walks out full and whole and she will come to that place. But get this, Miss Kim, you can't sit where you are. You have to move to that place called there because that's where he's going to command the blessing. You have to run the route he tells you to run so he can hit you with a pass downfield. You won't have what you need here it'll be down there where you get it my God God wants to keep us moving over the next day when we rest and things kick back in and things will gear up and begin to move in a in even a better way we need to realize now that God has a plan for us and he doesn't intend for us to just keep doing what we're doing here has become common now Here has become common now. 
Don't try to think about what he wants done. We didn't know what he wanted done last Wednesday. We didn't know how it would manifest. We didn't know. Tonight's night number eight standing before this congregation for me. Allowing the mantle of God to be used how he wants to use. But I had no idea when I started. And I'll tell you, give you a little clue. I still don't know where he wants to go. I'm happy with what he's doing. I, I must tell you that I'm blessed. And my God, I can't even imagine the blessing that's coming. But see, I realize that what we're doing right now and how we've been for this, you know, these 11 services in 10 nights, it's, it's, it's common now. And it's time to elevate. Why there's a struggle, Brother Zach, why there's a struggle, Miss Kim, is because we've stopped. Right here in revival. That's not a bad thing. It's, it's not a bad thing. God's causing there to be a transition take place, but it's, it, we've been here long enough for it to become common. Uh, you've noticed that when we were moving so fast, the devil couldn't catch us. He couldn't stand up. He couldn't do anything. We didn't have to worry about it. When things become common, the ark's beginning to stink. Yeah, God brought you here, but we got a place to go. We're not done. God's not done. I don't know how long it's going to be next. I don't know. You better hold on. You better saddle up, baby. You better, you better, you better saddle a strap up because we don't know how long. I don't know when God will give you the next break. I don't know. But I do know this. He's on his way there. When the disciples were trying to find there, Jesus was already there. Right? So I want you to know that the Lord's already where He wants us to be. He's not here, you know, trotting through the tulips with us. He's already there. Amen. Sending messages. No, 48. No, 48. You better run. You don't even know who that was, do you? You don't know who it was. You don't know who that was. That was Ben Roethlisberger, Pittsburgh Steelers, greatest team that's ever played football. I'm just telling you. But there is one greater here tonight than Big Ben. His name is Jesus Christ, JC. <laughs> Jesus Christ, he wears the jersey number one. But his, his receivers are people like you and me, fumbling, bumbling, stumbling, broke up, nervous. And he's going to throw you a pass. <laughs> the other way! Run the other way! But it's like little league, it's like bitty league football. You score a touchdown no matter what line you cross. That's right. God just happy you got out on the field and played. Jesus is already there. The Holy Spirit's going to lead us and guide us and comfort us and bear us along. The angels of the Lord are going to encamp around about us because we fear Him and they're going to walk with us, but Jesus is already where we need to be. And He's going to move us from here to there as we obey Him. God has a their place for you. Now, before that I have them move this out of my way, I want you to know that I've talked in terms of revival and what this church needs to do, but you might be here tonight and you've got things going on in your life individually. God has a their place for you. You might be tied up in sin. You might be tied up in shame. You might be tied up in sickness. You might be tied up in God only knows what's going on and you're tired of where you are because 
here is no longer good enough for you. But God has a there place for you tonight. He has a place for you. But you're going to have to be willing to get up tonight spiritually and physically and move from the place that you are to that place that Jesus says is there. He'll stand near enough that a blind man can touch him. He'll stand near enough that a woman diseased with cancer can press through the crowd and touch the hem of his garment. He'll stand near enough that the lame can crawl and hobble their way. And if you can't get to him, when I could not go to where he was, he came to me. But everything that God does will require you moving from here to there. So what do you need God to do? Would you stand up tonight with me, everybody all over this place tonight? Just stand up. If you all want to move this back out of the way, I don't know what God's going to do, but if you want to move it right after I get out of the way so you don't run me over. First and foremost, I don't know why God speaks some of the things that he speaks to me. I don't know why sometimes things come out the way they do. I just, I can only be me. But I see what God's doing in people's lives and I thank God if you could use me or you could use a donkey while you use anybody and I don't know why I would fight it. I just want to let him do what he wants to do. You know? Uh, because what the Lord wants to do is meet your needs and Maybe you're here tonight, and because I don't know. I know a lot of people, and there's people that I don't know tonight. And I want to believe that everyone in the house is saved. I, I want to believe that. Uh, but if you're not, I don't want to. I don't want to transition from this place we're in without giving the opportunity for somebody, because we've already seen two saved. But I, I don't want to transition from this place. I want to get the very last drop of there out of this here place that we've been. Huh? You hear me? I want to get the very last drop of what God has for us here in this place before we start for there. Because tonight, we're starting for there. Tonight, we're starting for there. But maybe you're here tonight and you don't even know Him. Your first, their place, my friend, is to leave where you are and say, I want Jesus in my life. Maybe you're not serving God the way you ought to. Maybe you've left serving Him and not standing in your place with Him. But there is a place called repentance. I like the way that uh, Miss Charity put it the other night. It means to change your mind. That's what repentance means. We use the word repentance in a, in, in a very... Uh, derogatory terms sometimes in the church. Now there's a difference. First of all, you need to be godly sorrowful for where you've been. Godly sorrow works repentance. We just call it repentance. That's not true. You need to be sorry that you are where you are. You need for God to move you from where you are to where He wants you to be. But your sorrow must work repentance. And repentance is a changed mind. I'm not going to be in the world no more. used to sing a song years and years ago. If I could, I surely would stand on the rock where Moses stood. But you know what? Today we can stand on that rock. Jesus has become that rock. He took the offense. He took the sin. He took the unrighteousness. And for that, he's giving righteousness and blessing and peace and joy. 
for all that will come to take his hand. But you must come to him. That's all you must do, but you must come to him. You must come with an attitude of repentance that says, I'm no longer going to stay here. I didn't know it until I got a little bit of intelligence in the word, but my first their place was the night I walked to an altar and said, I'm going to leave here where I am, and I'm going to come to you, Jesus. I want to be there with you. And there he commanded the blessing, life forevermore in my life. But I found out he started moving, Brother Tim, and I got, I got to keep coming to places where I think, man, I need to change my mind here just a little bit. People bucket that. What? Sometimes I need to change my mind. And when I change my mind, you know what that's called? Repentance. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. We're doing away with changing your mind. We need to change our mind. If we don't change our mind tonight, we'll not go there. If we don't change our mind tonight, Brother Zach, we won't go there. It's going to require change mind. What is that called? Well, see, we hate to say that because we've equated that with condemnation. There's no condemnation with repentance. There's condemnation with godly sorrow if you haven't changed your mind. But repentance is something you can come to every day. You see, if you run into conflict, I promise you it's not Jesus that needs to repent. I try to get God to change his mind all the time. And he looks at me and says, me, repent? I don't think so. <laughs> right? Yeah. How about if there's a change of mind or repentance that needs to be made? Jesus says, that I, I believe that'd be you. And when I'm willing to hear that, he says, here's a new mindset. Here's where I am. But don't do away with the things God's given us in his word. Don't let man's terminology throw you off. Get down to the bottom of what it means and find out what we understand so that we can understand I'm leaving here I'm going there with him and my mindset's not been high enough my thinking has not been high enough I, I, I thought high enough to get here when here was there now here's not good enough here thinking won't get me there so I repent master I change my mind I get going down the road and my, 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 my GPS door said, as soon as possible, make a U-turn. You know what she's asked me to do? Repent. My wife gets mad because I said, what, me repent? I don't think so. We'll just keep going. This is going somewhere. There's a road in front of me. But if I'm going to get where I need to be, she says, bong, bong. As soon as possible, making you turn. Now, very much like Jesus Christ, if there is an alternate route right in front of me, she'll say, you must repent from your horse and take this road, and it will get you where you need to be. Am I being too plain or too stubborn? If I hit on to I feel like a dentist drilling in teeth with no Novocaine. And I don't know why. Because all I've said is, God has to change our mind to get us where He wants us to be. The problem is, I think my ways are so perfect that they don't need change. But you know what I found out? His ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts, and His ways are higher than my ways.
Woo, that's the Word of God, ain't it? So tonight, Jesus, Father, in the name of Jesus, tonight, help us to leave this place. Not physically, God, this place, this building, but God, help us to leave this place spiritually and begin that transition physically, Father, that we might move from here to there because you have a there place. There's a place where you're standing and if we want to be near you and we want to be intimate with you and embrace you and you embrace us, then Father, we must move to that place that is called there. And I'm asking you to touch every heart and every life that is here and give us a desire, a burning desire to be in that place that is called there with you. Thank you for your word tonight, God. Thank you for revelation. Thank you for your anointing and your spirit, God, that we feel right now. I'm asking you, God, for miracles and signs and wonders. I'm asking you to deal with any heart that might be here that is unsaved. I'm asking you, God, for those tonight, uh, God, here that, that need repentance in the context that it has been preached and taught, a changed mind, to do what you would have us do so that we might be blessed. No condemnation involved, just a willing change of mind to get us from here to there. For that one that needs healed tonight, God. For those many that need healed tonight, God. Change our mindset. Get our mind thinking higher. Get us above the problems, the discouragement, the aggravation, and the things that we see that we might dwell on a higher plane, that we might know your glory and your will. For those that need delivered tonight, God, I'm asking you to bring an open door in their heart and in their life where that you can remove from them that that is displeasing in your sight and in your heart, God, and give them blessing and peace and anointing to be delivered in this house tonight. And God, as you give us rest and we move into a day of rest and a day of reflection for what you've done, as we take this back up Sunday morning at 1045, not knowing, God, just as we started, how long it will go, what you will do, God, let us be running. Let us be prepared and understanding that you have a place that you're leading us. Let us be mindful of that place that we might know it when we get there. And we will because we'll walk right into the commanded blessing. I give you praise tonight. Is there anybody here while we're praying that you don't know Jesus and you want to know him? You've said, Bishop, I've never asked him to come into my life. Or for some reason, I feel the need tonight to rededicate my life to him and say, Jesus, I want to, to get back on track. Are you here tonight and you need the Lord to save you or, or deliver you? Would you just real quick slip up your hand just wherever you are? Just, just, just let me know somehow that that you want the Lord to touch your life. I'm asking before that we pray for anybody, I'm asking that because I want to give you that opportunity. Is there anybody that needs to rededicate their life to God or somehow you just need the Lord to show you His glory tonight? All right, I won't tarry there. I'll move from that place. I will trust that you are where you belong. <laughs> Is there anybody tonight that wants to be anointed and prayed for? Anybody tonight that wants hands laid on them? You need for God to speak to you. You need an answer. You need direction. You need a word of prophecy. You need something to happen in your life. I'm, I, I want to open it before that I, before that I start calling people. If that's what God wants me to do, I, because your volunteerism, Vols, counts for a lot. It's sweeter when you say, "I want to hear from you," than before someone provokes you to hear from him. Oh, you'll hear from him. Is there anybody else? Anybody else will come and stand right here on this on this line with me tonight? Jesus, you see the hearts and the lives that are here, God, and 
you see the hearts and lives that are here, God, and you know, Lord, that you're the only answer. I am a man, and I love you, Lord, with all of my heart, and God, I've asked you to please not let me speak one word more or one word less or one word other than what you want spoken. And God, you know this has been my genuine desire since I spent about three weeks of you questioning, God, my every ability and my every motive, making sure, God, that I hear you. I don't ever, ever, ever want to miss you. I'm not looking for the deep. I'm not looking for the high. I'm not looking for the outlandish or the destructive. I'm looking for the still small voice of the Lord that I know. And I'm asking you, Lord, before that I go and lay my hands on anyone that you would lay your hands on them. Let me go to each one as I see you at their side, at their back, knowing that you're ministering to them. Let me just come to be the confirmation, Lord, of what you're putting in their heart and in their life that they might move from here to there spiritually and physically tonight. I'm going to put this microphone down.